Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicenti. This is 10 News Conference. My guest is with us. Let's get right to it. Bristol County Sheriff-elect Paul Hero. You're also the outgoing mayor of Attleboro, mm -hmm. so you're familiar to our... Uh, and congratulations to you, by the way. Thank you. It's good to be back with you. Now, uh, you know, before we begin, uh, you have a kind of a tricky name, uh, and it's pronounced several different ways depending on the reporter and the newscast. And I asked you before we started, is it Hero, Hero, Hero? What do you prefer? I don't have a preference. In fact, if you were to look up on YouTube the pronunciation of my last name, the different videos that are out there pronounce it different ways. There's hero, 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 hero. Yeah. So I, whatever rolls off your tongue, I'm okay with. You were telling me before we started, you sometimes pronounce it differently too? Yeah, yeah. I guess that depends on what other yeah. words are around it, how tired I am that day. Well, are your parents okay with that? Do they prefer a particular pronunciation? I don't really, I, I, I think they vary a little bit too. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, a win is a win, no matter how we pronounce your name. And you took out uh, uh, tough-talking Bristol County Law and Order Sheriff Tom Hodgson. You said, I have a new approach that seemed to work for you in the election. Yeah, I basically want to be an administrator, you know, just, just you know, a good old-fashioned administrator, not a cowboy. You know, I want to run a jail. The jail is filled with professionals, people who know what they're doing. My job as an administrator is to help them do their job, give them the resources they need to do their job. Um, I'm already looking at the org chart. I'm going to be restructuring that quite drastically, actually. And, uh, but, you know, I, we, we just have a very different approach to yeah. the job. Now, you're not just a mayor going into sheriffing. You have a background in corrections. In fact, you worked in a couple of different states in corrections. So this is your area, so to speak. Yeah, I have a master's in criminology. I worked in the Philadelphia jail system, which was a system 20 times larger than this one. Um, I worked for the Mass Department of Correction as director of research. And so then I ran for state rep, then mayor, but now I'm going back to jail. You know, in describing your, your point of view, I had uh, your... Uh, uh, your opposition on a couple of weeks ago, and I, I tried to say you're taking sort of a more cerebral approach. Is that correct to say? Yeah. But we shouldn't confuse that with a softer approach? Correct. That, so that's a very flesh good distinction. It out for me. So I want to make sure the programs we're offering actually work. We have no idea. And that's not just in this county jail. It's most jails and prisons across the country. They offer drug treatment programs and anger management programs. We have no idea if they work. And that's your tax dollars, my tax dollars. It's your safety. It's mine. It's everybody else. It, so we need to make sure that these things actually work. That's kind of a wonky, nerdy measurement issue. Right. Um, but then also looking at discharge planning, housing, health care, and a job. There's a lot of talk about some of these things are being done right now, but there's, there's no evidence of that. You know, when there's like published, yeah. no published reports, that's what I want to change. Uh, but the security operation, keeping people locked up, that's a well-oiled machine. Nobody's getting uh, released early from the jail. That's, you know, the, the sheriff doesn't have the authority to do that. So, yeah. 
you have two distinct lockups. You've got an older one and a newer mm -hmm. one. And the newer one is even a little older, you know, when you do comparisons to other facilities. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, the older one, a lot of people, even my own supporters, they wanted me to commit to closing it. Yeah. But I said that I don't want to commit to closing it until I get in there to find out what it's actually like. We have, uh, you know, just under 100 inmates at Ash Street, the older of the two jails. Yeah. And if we take those 100 inmates and we put them into Dartmouth, what is that going to do to the population in Dartmouth, the work conditions in Dartmouth? So I don't know what the answer is that I have to look at that and go over it with security staff I can't just I, I could cause more problems than I'm solving by doing that had you ever been in the ash street no you, you haven't seen it no I haven't no. seen it. I was there once mm -hmm. it, it's quite the place yeah. I, it almost looks like little mm -hmm. uh, um, what, what's the right word little rooms carved out of a wall it, yeah. it's an odd an odd kind of a place have you ever noticed the cell blocks where you're walking in that you have to duck your head yeah in? yeah the old the word penitentiary comes from the Quaker penitence so when people are going into the cells they actually have to bow their head before okay. God to, to do their penitence that's why the older jails and prisons you know like down in Philadelphia yeah. we had some old ones that's why it wasn't that they were shorter it yeah. was that it was a forced bowing to God to do your penitence well you know that does raise kind of a kind of an interesting avenue to go down mm -hmm. punish Mm -hmm. versus rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Square the two. I know you want, you know, a guy serves his time, you want him to go out mm -hmm. and do better, but there is a punishment yeah. angle that society demands. You must be punished. Yeah, you've lost your freedom. That's your punishment. And then while we have you locked up, we're going to try and rehabilitate you. But you don't go to jail or prison for punishment. You don't go there to be belittled, berated, abused. You, you lose, you, the most valuable thing we have in our society is our freedom. That's who we are as a nation. And it was decided early on in our culture and in our laws that to take away somebody's freedom is the worst punishment we can give them without violating the Eighth Amendment, that is. You know, there's this you know, ban on cruel yeah. and unusual punishments. So yeah, you've, lo you've lost your freedom. And while we have you locked up, what I want to do is really try and focus on rehabilitation. All right. Now, if I work for you, if I'm a correctional officer there and I'm waiting for you to come in, what should I expect day one? If you're a CO, nothing's going to change for you. You know, the, um, you know, hopefully at some point, maybe your salary will get better. We'll have more correctional mm -hmm. officers. You know, uh, uh, reorganizing things is going to allow me to shift money around. Um, but, you know, the, the average correctional officer who just shows up, does yeah. his eight, hits the gate, those folks, nothing's going to, they're not going to feel much of a difference on day one. Eventually, over the course of time, you know, hopefully we'll have a little bit of a culture shift. Uh, like I said, better pay, okay. um, you know, better, uh, you know, more, more employees that that way you won't have as much overtime, stuff like that. So I would imagine a chain of command is going to change under you at some point. You're going to want your top lieutenants in. Yeah. People I'm, share your vision. And if you want to come along with me, great. If not... Yeah. So what I've basically told folks is that I'm not getting rid of anybody um, on day one. I want, you know, there's an institutional knowledge that a lot of the managers have, and I want to preserve that institutional knowledge because the, the system works around those people. Now, I'm going to be changing the org chart around a little bit, and actually quite drastically, mm -hmm. but that will then change some of the management structure. Basically, everybody, it, it, let me rephrase that, nobody is really going to be put out of a job. You know, I might yeah. say, okay, this position, I, I'm not going to keep anymore, but I have something over here for you. So that way, p people who have mouths to feed, mortgages to pay, mm -hmm. rents to pay, you know, the car payments, they'll still have that. And if they choose not to accept the new position under the reorg, then, that, then that's fine. You know, they, they can look elsewhere. But that is something I want to look at very closely. Okay. And if I'm an inmate in, in your charge, what should I expect on day one? Might you have a community mm -hmm. meeting and talk to the inmates? 
At some point, yeah. Day one, I'm going to be talking with the management staff, yeah. exp uh, introducing myself to them, going over what my expectations are, uh, you know, what to look forward in, in the future, uh, go over the chart, change that I'm going to be doing, the organizational okay. structure. And I actually, I'm not, I never make decisions alone. That's why I don't get in trouble as mayor. Um, if I make decisions alone, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm actually bringing in a couple of people from uh, you know outside the system who have, you know, collectively over 100 years of corrections experience between these three people. They've all run systems. A former DOC commissioner, former DOC superintendent, and my old boss from Philadelphia, Leon King, who ran the Philly system as well as the uh, Maryland system. Uh, so. That's something that I, Maryland, Baltimore, I should say. Yep. Uh, the, um, but that's something I want to do with other professionals who are outside the system because I think when I bring in people from outside the system, not to hire them, mm -hmm. but to help me look at it, you know, a fresh look, that's going to get away from the, you know, the politics of the institution right now. There, there are, there's a lot of people who have been there. They have opinions yep. about things. Um, a lot of people have come to me and said, you have to look out for that one. You got to look out for this one. Mm -hmm. And I always say, well, were you written up by that one? You know, were you passed over yeah. for promotion by this one? Sure. So bringing in people from the outside is going to allow me to have a fresh, outside, unbiased look at the system. Now, let's take a quick break and mm -hmm. we'll talk more about uh, your new job and also your leaving as mayor mm -hmm. of Attleboro. A couple of things to tidy up there before we go too. Sure. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 10 News Comps continues with Bristol County Sheriff-elect Paul Hero, who happens to be the mayor of Attleboro. He's leaving that job. You know, we've had a couple of your potential successors coming in to be the next mayor of Attleboro. You've already picked the one to support, correct? That's right. Kathleen DeSimone. She's a city council at-large member, and uh, she's an attorney. Uh, she would do an excellent job as mayor. I think she'd probably do a better job than me, and she also hasn't limited herself, commit to right. two, maybe three terms. So she, I think she would be an excellent mayor. I'm putting my full support behind her. Now, she's a current uh, city council mm -hmm. member. That's correct. Uh, she's going up against a former city council member who wants mm -hmm. back in politics, Mr. Davis, mm -hmm. correct? That's right. And uh, your objection to him? Oh, Davis, he, John Davis is a really nice guy. He's a, he's a fantastic Everybody guy. Everybody says that. Yeah, he's yeah. a fan. He, um, I basically asked Kathleen to run. I really encouraged her to run. So we have two good candidates there, you know, with John and Kathleen. And, you know, either one of them I think would be a good uh, good pick. There's a third candidate, yep. that, uh, and he's the council president. Um, you know, he's a fine person, but he's not who I am supporting. I'm supporting Kathleen. Right. Now, Mr. Davis, when he was in with me, he, I said, well, what's, what's wrong with, you, you know, City Hall, any problems? He, he said, oh, customer service. Mm -hmm. People complain about customer service. Would you agree with that? Or do you think you provided pretty good customer service? Some people complain about some service. 
it's impossible to bat a thousand. So we always have people that come into City Hall who are going to be upset because they didn't get the answer they wanted. That happens all the time. Right. Um, a lot of people reach out to me about complaints with the collector's office. And I remind them, the collector is independently elected, doesn't report to me. Why are people upset about the collector's office? Sometimes they have a late fee associated with their, their, their bill. Yeah. And, but that's not part of my jurisdiction. And so there, there are complaints like that um, that we get. So, and some people, um, just are impossible to please, but the vast majority of people, are, you know, go in, go out mm -hmm. without incident. They, you know, they do their business. Uh, but City Hall's actually the morale there is very good. We have a, a really happy workforce there. People are, uh, you know, at Christmas time, mm -hmm. Halloween time, parties, and it, it, we have a very good workforce in City Hall. You leave with your head held high. You feel you've done a good job as a steward of the town. I do. Yeah, I. We have. Um, a balanced budget with no layoffs. Mm -hmm. I came in after the previous mayor, you know, had uh, experienced a situation where we had lost a lot of people. And, you know, there was, you know, budget cuts. Um, you know, employees were cut, and so. Um, you know, we have the highest stabilization in city history. You know, we sidewalks being built everywhere, fewest vacancies in the downtown area. I won re-election with 67% and then 66%. So people are happy. You know, and I'm I'm happy with the work we've done. But it's it's time for me to move on. Any unfinished business that if your if your pick wins, mm -hmm. you would say to her. Take care of this right away. Absolutely. So all three candidates, I'm going over water infrastructure improvements that need to go, uh, because one of the three of them are going to be the mayor. Right. So I want to basically transfer my knowledge to all three of them to level the playing field, even during the campaign, because I don't want to see them making promises to the public about stuff that we're already doing or making promises to the public on stuff that they can't deliver. Okay. So I'm going meeting with all three of them, giving them kind of a data dump of you know, the projects that we have going on. Uh, the sidewalk improvements that need to be had is, uh, you know, like I said, there's, the water infrastructure is really big. Um, you know, a lot of other things. All right, so let's leave Town Hall. Let's go back to where you're going, which go is the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Now, before you and I started taping, mm -hmm. you said to me, you didn't think I was going to win. Yeah. Did you sense that from our last interview? And it's, it's truthful. Yeah. I thought Sheriff Hodgson's a big name. He's mm -hmm. been there a lot, elected over and over again. Yeah. The most conservative county in Massachusetts, a lot of Republicans. Mm -hmm. I didn't think you were going to win. Right. What did you know that I didn't know? Well, most people were thinking like you, most, most of the pundits. And early on in December of 2021, I did a poll. I was professionally done by Princeton Research Associates, mm -hmm. Princeton Mass. And we found in that poll that Hodgson was vulnerable. So I don't want to get into a race just because I want to run and say, OK, I'm so great. I'm going to, I'm going to mm -hmm. win this. I want to run in a race that I can win. And so we found that um, he was certainly vulnerable, and then we crafted a strategy around that. There were a lot of, if any one thing was different, any one variable was different, I might have lost. Even if the weather, because I only won by just over 3,000 votes. I got 50.9% against his 49.1%. Okay. That was the final number. So it was basically 51-49. But I knew it was going to be close, and I, there was no doubt in my mind about that. It was close, but mm -hmm. a win is a win. Now, when you say you knew he was vulnerable, mm -hmm. uh, is that just a matter of candidate fatigue? He'd been there for a long time. Uh, is it a matter of just people growing tired of his particular brand of sheriffing? We looked at what his favorable and unfavorable were. We looked at a lot of different variables, but one of the ones that jumped out at me the most was his favorable versus unfavorable. He was at one to one. And what that means is that for every two people he meets, one likes him, one doesn't like him. If we look at my favorable, unfavorable, it was two to one, and that was in the same poll. 
admittedly, a lot fewer people had heard of me. Yeah. You know, I, my, my unknown was extremely high. A lot of people hadn't heard of me. In the northern part of the county, I was well known because of the, the Sun Chronicle and the newspaper yeah. that covers that. But we knew that he was, he really couldn't move up. But if I could get myself out there enough with a two to one favorable, it was just under two to one, that I would actually be able to move up. So it's a, it was a very organized, professionally run uh, campaign. And like I said, if there was any one variable missing, if I didn't knock on 12,000 doors, I would have lost. If my volunteers hadn't held dozens of sign holdings, I would have lost. If my volunteers hadn't phone banked or done doors, uh, we would have lost. If the special interest money hadn't come in, I would have lost. All of that mattered, right. every single element. Just about a minute left. Um, do you think his closeness to Donald Trump hurt him? Yes. You do. We do. And we we know that. And you exploited that. Yeah, we you did. made we sure people knew that. He'd been down at the border, yeah. big Trump supporter, pictures of mm -hmm. him in the, in the Oval Office. Yeah. And just a final question, about 30 seconds left. Uh, how long had you been eyeing this office? From the mayor's office, you're looking over at the Bristol County Sheriff's mm -hmm. office. How long had this been in your mind, Keeping it, bearing in mind that this was your area? You'd worked in corrections. So I first thought about it in 2016, but I knew I would not win in 2016. And then I kind of put it out of my mind. And then I met some folks who really were encouraging me to run. After I won re-election for mayor for the uh, third and final time, that's when I started looking at one of several races. This is the one I felt the most compelled to run in, where I felt really a, a calling to run in this right. one. And the rest is history. Well, thanks for coming in. Congratulations. Uh, we're just getting started. We'll certainly have you back mm -hmm. as you begin your tenure at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Mayor Paul Hero, thank you. Thank you, Gene.